Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First of the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy Dylan Matthews alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. So wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what is going on, man? We had another pretty good weekend of of football we will get into the games and uh recap them and give our reactions to them championship weekend is now set and uh we'll get into it but you know just overall it was a it was a solid weekend of football that <laughs> that eagles giants game wasn't uh very good but other than that i, I would say it all was pretty entertaining how was your weekend man that was good i got some <clears throat> more things accomplished around here and i got to watch football nice uh, you know, it was like work, do stuff in the morning and watch football in the afternoon and night. So I love that. I mean, that's that's perfect for, um, you know, a good Saturday. Oh, yeah. Look, I thought we had uh, two and a half good games and one really <laughs> bad game. Uh, yeah. I thought I, I thought the the, the Bills. I, I'll start with the 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 half a good game. I thought the Bills and the Bengals was a good game. I just didn't think it was a great game. I thought it was never right. really in, in doubt. Uh, right. It was 14 nothing at one point. I know they got it to 14-7, I think, but it just felt like Cincinnati controlled the game through and through. Um, but uh, I thought the – the the to me, the Niners-Cowboys game was the game of the weekend. Um, oh, yeah. That was an old-school playoff game. Yep. And, you know, you break it down, those are two of the – if not the two best, two of the – four best defenses in, in football um, sure. overall, you know, when you, when you look through the stats uh, all the way around, I think Philly's got another one of them, uh, yep. especially up front. I, I don't think, I think Philly's susceptible in their back seven. We've talked about that, but their front four is so deep, um, too deep basically of, of, of great players. And, you know, they've got 70 sacks on the season and the regular season. So they're just really good up front, which changes the whole dynamic of their defense. But, that Niners game, um, 
you know, I got to give, I tell you what, we're talking about defense, and, and I just wanted to, you know, D'Amico Ryans deserves a head coaching job. Most definitely. And if he doesn't get one this cycle, I will, um, I'd be shocked. Let me put it this way. If D'Amico Ryan doesn't get a head coaching job this year, it's extremely more egregious than Eric Bieniemy not getting one. For sure. Uh, I think there are legitimate doubts about Bieniemy and, you know, what he – I'm not – I don't want to sit here and question his importance, but, you know, it's – it's like anything else. A lot of people doubted Kirby Smart, now unrightfully so, but say, well, how much was he doing with the defense? That's Nick Saban. You know, right. guys always, you know, with, 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 because, because Eric Bimmy doesn't call plays. Um, Andy right. Andy calls the plays. And, and I think, and I think the knock on him has been, uh, you know, some of the reports that some of the players have said, like, Sean McCoy. But, anyways, I don't want to get into Eric Bimmy. I want to talk about D'Amico Ryan's because that defense, yeah, they got talent. But don't forget, the San Francisco team has eight of the 22 starters on that team or fourth-round picks or later. So that's not Wow. Like their linebackers are like third- and fourth-round picks. So it's not like it's not like they're – They're star-studded. No, you know, yeah. number one overall draft picks are, are riddled with first-round picks. Like, they're developing guys over there, and, and a lot of that is D'Amico Ryan's. And, and he's scheming guys up, too, and, you know, scheming – you know, scheming their talents up and, you know, using their, using their, getting the most out of them. Well, look at, they're always in position to yeah. make the play. They make plays. There, there is as good of a tackling team as there is in the NFL. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's clearly a well old machine that is coached to the highest level. Right. And, to me, I mean, that just proves to me that Domingo Ryan's is a guy that needs, deserves a head coaching job. So, I just – it's amazing just watching how well well coached they are. Um, and most likely, both of the D.C.s in that game are going to be head coaches. So, right. um, this coming up this year, and it was Dan Quinn who's already been one. So, I thought that was the best game of the weekend. Nah, I, I agree. That was by far the best game of the weekend. And like you said, the the the, the Bills Bengals game, it was okay. But like you said, it, it just never felt like the Bills really had a chance. And I know it sounds harsh, but that's really how it was. It always just seemed like Cincinnati was in control. But we'll continue to break down the games uh here in a couple of minutes. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus I do want to talk some Atlanta Falcons, though, because 
again, we are now in the off season. We have money to spend and uh, we go, we are going to have free agency before we have uh, the draft. So we are going to get into some more free agents that we would like to see the Atlanta Falcons pick up. And on today's episode, we are going to look at some offensive linemen. Now I have, Really specified it down to the to the guards because I think that is the position in question the most when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons because I I believe they're gonna keep then Jake Matthews isn't going anywhere Chris Lindstrom my right guard isn't going anywhere at this point I'm kind of feeling like they're gonna keep Caleb McGarry that's just my gut is telling me um so we'll we'll see what happens there so maybe they're in, they're in need for a tackle. But I really think that uh, that right, uh, excuse me, not right guard, left guard is where they're going to, uh, they're where they're going to look for um, maybe more of a permanent answer, and they'll look for that in free agency. So I've been looking at some guards here uh, lately, Bo, and one person I'm looking at, I think he's a little bit older. I, I should have looked up his age a little bit ago, and I'll look it up here in a second. But one is uh, one other person I'm looking at is Justin Pugh. He's with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Obviously, he's though, thirty two. Uh, he's he's thirty two years old. So he is a little bit older, but, you know, it's not a bad thing, you know, for offensive linemen. That's not really a bad age for offensive linemen. I mean, how old was uh, Alex Mack when we brought him in? I know he was older, too, when we brought him in. He was uh, he was around the, the 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 prime, the back nine of his career, but towards the, you know, the top of the back nine, if you will. Um, uh, we- he was – um, he came in in 16, so right. he was around 30, 31. Yeah, so you know, a nice little season age, like a little fine wine that you know you'll you'll sip on for a couple of years. But um, right now, if you look at his market value, his average salary about five point five million a year, which isn't bad. He's been one of the the the, the most solid guards uh, in the league um, for the past couple of years. So I think Justin Pugh would be would be would be a nice guard. He'd be a good answer for a couple of years until maybe you find a a more more a uh, permanent position um more permanent answer at that position then maybe you draft and try to develop somebody but you know you give them a maybe a two three year deal for 15 11 or 15 million a year and yeah i, I think you'd be solid so here's so here's the thing mm-hmm. you resign i'm not sure i have no issues with justin Pugh. he's yeah. about six to 300 pounds so he's not not, he's not a small guy by any means. Um, right. But I think you're going to have to pay him about 10 to 11 a year, like you said. <clears throat> and I'm not sure how willing they are to do that when they know they're going to re-sign a tackle. So I'm interested yeah. in that. I, I would like a little bit cheaper there um, yeah. just so we have room, money. Because you remember, you got to remember, you got to re-sign Chris Lindstrom. And oh, you do. You're right. He's going to go do. up, and you're not going to have all pros or, or you know, fifteen million dollars at every position up front on the line. So that's something yeah. to think about when you're spending this money. Um, and and unfortunately, it's the things you have to think about with with the cap. So kind of bad thought. Um, what you can get him for though is 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 going to be a good thing. But yeah, Justin Pugh's a good name. He's been a solid player, um, for a little bit. Uh, he's, you know, I think he's had some moments, but, uh, yeah, Justin Pugh's a guy, definitely. All right. And what do you think about this other name? And I have, uh, one or two more that we can, we can talk about here for just a second, but Wes Schweitzer, former 
Atlanta Falcon. He's a no, free agent this year. Nope. Nope. He said you're good. He said right away. You nope. have to think about it. You know, no, I, you're not feeling West Schweitzer. I watched. No, and it's nothing personal, but <laughs> we've seen that story. I'm not going back to it. <laughs> okay. All right. How about this? How about Roger Saffold? He's from the Buffalo Bills. Um, right now, he he's only making about five million dollars a year. A little bit, a little over five million dollars a year. So a little on the cheap rent. 5.4 mils his ad, average same uh, average salary salary I couldn't say that word um his current contract he's making uh 6 uh, 6 million dollars a year but his market value right now is around 5 million a year so you know that's somebody you can get a little bit on the on the cheaper side he's coming over from he's on the Buffalo Bills right now um obviously their season uh has ended so uh, Roger Saffold could be could be a guy you uh you get um, and then I have a, I do have somebody that's that's a little bit of a pipe dream that I would like to get. Um, but I have. Let's a, talk about Saffold. Oh he's, yeah. Uh, I think he'll be 35 by the time the season starts, and he will be actually. Um, so and honestly, old old. <laughs> based off what I saw last week, I don't want anybody from that Buffalo offensive line. They that's didn't play true. very well. All right, um, right, right. They got beat up. Saffold's the guy's been around. He's played. He's been a good player for uh, for for a good a good time. He's in the back end. Maybe he's a he. You could get him cheaper because of that. And he's a stopgap. Maybe you let him and uh, Justin Schaefer battle it out, right? Um, for that that spot because I think Justin Schaefer could be an option next year. You True. Know, they re-signed him. They drafted him out of Georgia. He was on mm-hmm. the practice squad. They've um, they've obviously um brought him that he's on a futures contract. So there's a guy that they, they see some kind of growth in and promise. Right. So he's a guy that could fight for that. So if you could get a guy like a veteran, like Saffold at a little bit cheaper price and maybe come in here and compete with him and then have a good backup, that might not be a bad option there. No. Yeah. So, you know, you bring in a veteran that could, you know, maybe uh, build him up and mentor him a little bit. So it might not be a bad option. My, my pipe dream is, um, Isaac Samalu from the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, I have a I have a pretty good feeling the 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 Eagles are gonna re-sign him. So he got because I mean obviously that uh, that whole Philly offensive line and he's been a starter um, all season I believe on the Philly offensive line and uh, I don't I don't think the Eagles are gonna let him walk. But I mean hey if uh, if you get a guy like Isaac Samalu that that would be nice. But you would have to you would have to pay a lot for a guy like him because uh, yeah he's, he's gonna look at 12 13 million dollars a year exactly exactly the on on sport track they have a calculated market value of 12 million dollars a year for him so that's you're paying a pretty penny if you're getting a guy like that now you'd be set at that position for a minute but you're paying a pretty penny for uh your and you have to give him a multi-year deal his you're not just signing him for uh, one or two years you're, you're signing him for a few years at least three so there you go all right those are a few guys we could be looking at on uh, at uh, the guard position, but I I do agree that that uh, Justin Schaefer should be and will be an option for the Atlanta Falcons this year. And who knows? Maybe they maybe they uh, bring back Elijah Wilkinson too. But I have a hard time feel uh, a hard time believing that they're going to roll with this uh, same five that they did uh, this previous year. I think they're going to try to make some upgrades, at least one upgrade on that uh, offensive line, but. Bo, let's go ahead and talk about these week this weekend's game because again, like you said, we we got about what two and a half, 
games, uh, good games this weekend. So we'll start how they played. So we'll begin with Chiefs, Jaguars. The Chiefs go to their fifth straight AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes undefeated as uh, and undefeated in the divisional round as a starter. And uh, he's going to the AFC Championship. And again and again, it runs through Kansas City. So 27-20, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, oh, I mean, Kansas City didn't look unbeatable. Jacksonville had their chances. Just they they turned the ball over with a fumble at the five yard line, and then another well, key costly interception. Yeah, like I thought that Patrick Mahomes, I thought the the injury to Patrick Mahomes' ankle really changed the game. They looked pretty good on yeah. offense until that happened. Um, and I think that I think the game was, um, I think it might have been ten uh, seven when that happened, and. Right. And then Chad Henney, <clears throat> Chad Henney comes in and goes 98 yards. So, yeah, you can say that, but it's not like the Jacksonville trailed that entire game. Um, most of the time they were trailing by 10 points. <clears throat> I thought that Jacksonville's defensive game plan was a little bit suspect because you've got in the entire second half, you've got an injured Patrick Mahomes, and you don't come after him. He's hobbled. Right. It seemed like you laid back and you tried to play with you tried to play with um stand it. Um yeah. I didn't understand why they weren't heating him up and, and trying to come up and, and play tighter coverage, especially on Travis Kelsey. All Kelsey right. was doing was he was he was hooking up in the soft spot in the zone and just boom, you're just moving him. I mean, 17 target? Jeez. Um, there was no deep threat at all from that offense. This doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what they were doing defensively. Um, I, I, and offensively, it seemed like they, they had the shots there and they could have took a few more of them. Christian Kirk drops a, uh, a perfect pass from uh, Trevor Lawrence deep, deep ball. So yeah. I thought I – thought, Jacksonville just didn't look like they were ready for the for 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 that round. Um, and, and, yep. and I think some of that was coaching. I know Doug Peterson. I got a lot of respect for him as a head coach, but yep. Um, I don't know some of the things. I felt like they didn't trust their players, and uh, and, and I think they should have put a little bit more on the players to try to make plays. Yeah, I I think they were trying to make things maybe like like you said maybe a little too easy. I don't know for the players. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Again, should have put the players up to bat a little bit more, and like you said, trust them a little bit more because you know when when you have a guy when you're facing a guy like like Patrick Mahomes, you have to play him. You know, you have to play him all out. You cannot play Pat. You can't sit back and play Patrick Mahomes scared. You know, you you got to go after him whether he's healthy or not. You got to get after him, and you got to try and pressure him as much as you can, and especially on a, a hobbled Patrick uh, Mahomes. You want to try and get after him as much as you can, but uh, they, they did not do that. And Patrick Mahomes had a uh, he still had a pretty good day out there, even though he was on one leg for a lot of it. So the Chiefs, again, going to their fifth straight AFC championship game, and uh, they'll face the Cincinnati Bengals, which we'll get here into a minute. But to close out the Saturday divisional round, the Eagles put a straight molly whopping smack down, you know, five fingers to the face of the New York Giants. They beat the Giants 38-7, to and uh, Bo, just straight up, this game was never in doubt. Once it was 14 to nothing before, like, <laughs> the game started at, what, 
by 850. It was 14 to nothing, and it, it, it seemed like the game was over. So before yeah. 9 o'clock, I, I knew that game was done. Well, <laughs> when you have 140 yards on the ground in the first half, uh, that normally yeah. will end the game quickly, <laughs> and they ended up running for almost 270 yards. Um, they just ran the ball down their throats. They gashed New York up front defensively. Um, yep. And offensively, they couldn't. The Giants really couldn't block the the nope. front four um, of the Eagles. And I mean, look, Jalen Hurts played well. He was he he had a he looked poised. He looked in yep. complete control. He looked completely different than he gained against Tampa Bay in the the, the wild card round last year. So yep. you got to give um, Hurts a lot of credit. You got to give Nick Sirianni and this this Eagles team a lot of. Credit for Gulick, you know, Howie Roseman went out and, and knew what they needed. He went and he went and corrected the things that they needed. And then you turn around and you look at it. Uh, Hertz has been the beneficiary of it with A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith having another year coming into his own for real. Um, yep. They, you know, it was, it was domination. Um, and the Giants just didn't, they had no answer anywhere at all. And it, it was tough to watch. But again, when you run for 268 yards, you normally win. Uh, you don't lose those games. So right. that was the game that, you know, that's about all there is to really say about it. Uh, now we get to see what yeah, what they do against the um, probably the best defense in football right now. Yeah, and the Eagles, and I give a lot of credit to Nick, Nick Sirianni for this. I mean, they really use their ultimate strength, which is the trenches and the offensive line. And you know, obviously on the defense, and like you said, they were able to pressure Daniel Jones and just make him feel comfortable all game long. And that, and the Giants' offensive line couldn't couldn't uh, block him. But offensively for the Eagles, I mean, we we all have probably seen that video now where Jason Kelly is just throwing down um, an Eagles an Eagles defensive lineman with one hand, and they really use their strength as far as running the football, and then. Two, we all know Jalen Hurts, his shoulder isn't 100% at this point, but, you know, they, they ran the football. They didn't they didn't have to use Jalen Hurts too much, and I think that was their game plan going in. They were going to run the football as much as they could, and they ran it early and often, and they ran at a high clip, and uh, lucky for them, they didn't have to overwork Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Jalen did a good job of not taking too many hits, and he was still able to run the football here and there a little bit and uh, use his mobility. So I just think it, I thought I thought it was a perfect game plan offensively for the Eagles uh, as well, all things considered. So now our AFC Championship game matchup is the Chiefs and the Bengals for the second straight year squid because the Bengals took down the Buffalo Bills twenty-seven to ten. They held the Buffalo Bills to ten points at home. An impressive performance by the Cincinnati Bengals. And, I mean, man, Joe Burrow, that offense, I mean, they're nice. That, that defense played well, too. Um, they, I mean, they 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 made, they made the Buffalo Bills just look straight up, like, out of sync. It's, it looked like the Bills could really just get – couldn't get anything going. I mean, what, what do you think about that game, Squid? It just – it was just a weird game for the Bills. Well, I think they exposed Buffalo's lack of weapons. Um, yeah. You know, it's Stephon Diggs and then – kind of everybody else with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah. They were able to get up. They were able to get after Josh Allen. Um, they, right. they made him move out of the pocket. I think some of that had to do with um, with basically 
you know, that nobody was getting open, so Allen had to try to make moves. But they ran, they ran the ball well on the other side. Joe Mixon, they ran it. They 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 did a good job. Mixon had over 100 yards. I mean, they had 170 something yards on the ground. Um, they really gashed uh, sent, uh, Buffalo, and then and and Buffalo had they don't have much of a running game. They had no answer. They looked bad up front on both sides. I mean, it was it was a poor performance, and people were putting it on Josh Allen, but he didn't have a lot of help. Um, and Stefan Diggs can run around and throw his arms up and whine all he wants, but there's nothing um, – there's really not a lot Josh Allen can do when he's got pressure in his face and he's moving in the pocket. He he can't see everything. So uh, I, I thought it was – it was kind of it looked like a have and have nots because as I love Joe Burrow, he's an amazing player. His pocket presence is phenomenal. He is probably he's it's, it's really him and, and Mahomes, honestly, yeah. as the top two quarterbacks right now. But he's got guys like Joe Mixon and T Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and Hayden yeah. Hurst, to a lesser extent. You know, Josh Allen. What is what, you know? So, <laughs> what is what? Are, who are what does Josh Allen have uh, weapons-wise that competes with that? I mean, I, I think Dawson Knox is a good player, but is Gabe Davis as good as Higgins or Boyd? And by no. the way, I don't care. No. It's not always about production with those guys. It's about uh, how you have to play them defensively when those guys are on the field. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's a nice. He's a, he's a nice player, but he's yeah, he's not. He's not anything special. Uh, Singletary and Cook are nice players, but they're not they're not mix uh they're not mixing in Piron to a lesser extent. No. So I just thought it was uh you saw talent kind of win that. Mm-hmm. I think talent had a big thing. And I think Zach Taylor needs to get some credit. This guy's him and Burrow together five and one in the playoffs with three of those road wins. That's coaching and that's that's top tier quarterback play. Uh and both of those are responsible. But let's give Zach Taylor some credit for the coach he is these days. I mean, T. Higgins is another wide receiver one. He he's a wide receiver one on this team. I, I mean, he and he would be anybody else's top top receiver. But just having Jamar Chase, you know, he that's why he's he doesn't get all the shine because Jamar Chase is there too. And arguably Tyler Boyd, he's he's maybe a low end wide receiver one or a really 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 good wide receiver two. And the the Bills just don't have that. Gabe Davis is a good wide receiver two, but he's a wide receiver two. Dawson Knox is a, top, a solid tight end, but I don't think he's as good as Hayden Hurst is. Hayden Hurst, look, he didn't get the, the targets he needed in Buffalo. Uh, excuse me, not Buffalo, Baltimore with Mark Andrews there. You could argue he could have been involved more in Atlanta when he was here with the Falcons. And I think now he's actually getting utilized the way he should be in, in Cincinnati. Remember, this was a first round. He was a first round pick coming out of South Carolina. Hayden Hurst is no slouch at all. And we we all know what what Joe Mixon did in college and what he's doing now. So I mean, like you said, this they just have a multitude of weapons. And Buffalo really has no. I think they are starting to to, to get something out of James Cook, but it still seems like he still maybe needs development, or they just straight up need to give him more carries. Um, but yeah, the the weapons aren't there for Buffalo all the way, so that needs to be addressed, like you said. And also, I think we need to start talking about this this Bengals defensive line a little bit more. This Bengals defensive line can get after you, and they can get after uh, any team. And they've been doing a good job these past couple of games of uh, getting after their opponents. So uh, all, all credit to the Bengals. They they played a whale of a game. And uh, 
they had a chip on their shoulder, Bo. You could tell that they were feeling some type of way. Everybody thought it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Chiefs, Bills, in Atlanta. Tickets had already been sold, and, and they felt a way about that, and they they left it all out, out on the field. And, I mean, you heard, uh, like, after the game saying, I hope you got your refund, and then a couple players took to social media. So that was uh, pretty funny because they were, like, not so fast. You know, you, you think you're going to Atlanta, but <laughs> y'all ain't. So Bengals win 27 to 10. And then we found out our final uh, matchup in the championship weekend uh, after the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19 to 12. And whoo, Bo, man, these uh, these Cowboys fans, man, they they are going through it right now. You know, they they we know every year we think is their year. But yet again, uh, they do not. uh, they do not make it past the divisional round, and I think this is the 27th straight year they haven't made it past. The, or the no, 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 I got this wrong. It's been 27 years since they've been to the championship round or something like that. But anywho, this is the seventh straight time or seventh straight uh, year game or whatever that they haven't made it to the uh, championship game or they lost in the divisional round, I should say. But either way it goes, the point is they've been going through it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> Cowboys uh, fans are in a tizzy right now. Well, I mean, do do you? I like it personally, and I know, I know you're, <laughs> I know, I know Simone loves it because I yeah. know she's a big, she's a big Eagles fan, and so that means uh-huh. she hates the Cowboys. But oh yeah, um, honestly. I I I I I I'm not a Cowboys fan. Um, you know, I've told you that. Uh, t- we've talked about my, you know, my relationship with DQ, and I'm a big fan of his. And I, I'm glad that he his defense showed up and played. But yeah, it did. it feels, you know, here's the deal with Dallas. There there there's something they're missing. Is it is it coaching? I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I can't, you know. Everything's not the head coach's fault, and it's easy to blame no. him. Um, right. You know, the first pick, Dak, Dak didn't play well. Let's just, let's just, let's just put that the truth out of it. He didn't not play well. The first pick he throws, he's late, but he didn't get any help either because that looks like a pin route or a comeback route. And either way, whichever route it is, you you, you go down, you stop, and you come back to the, to the, to the ball or come back towards right. the line. And the difference in the pin and the comeback is the angle you take. And he didn't. He just quit on the play. Nope. And because Dak yep. was late, and it looked like they were in uh, maybe a, a zone or a, some type of cover three or something, and he just came back, which is zone, obviously, but cover three, something like that. And and the, the DB broke on it. And the other one was, you know, him trying to force in the ball into an area. So Dak didn't play well. And San Francisco was just better. They're a better team. They execute yeah. better. And Brock Purdy played that much better. Not he played better than Dak. He played just good enough up. to win his team the game. And and that's look, that's part of it. I don't think Dallas has as many weapons offensively as, as San Francisco does. Uh I don't not sure why they traded Amari Cooper away, I guess financially, <laughs> but yeah. you look at it and CD Lamb is good, but he needs a sidekick. And I don't know if yep. Gallup's that guy. Um, I think Dalton Schultz is a good player, but he didn't do much. 
and he had some gaps late. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but Tony Pollard getting hurt did not help them. They weren't able to run the ball very well, whereas San Francisco was able to, to stay with the run game, and, 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 and they didn't run it great either. Neither team ran the ball well, but San Francisco was, was, was able to run more successfully, and it was a difference in the game. Um, Mm-hmm. Because they were they were able to control a little bit more clock, but Brock Purdy was better. He was 19 of 29, whereas Dak was 23 of 37. They were right around the same yardage, but the two interceptions um, was the difference in the game. So yeah, Tim. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, so I was just gonna, you know it just San Francisco was outcoached Dallas, and they outplayed them just enough. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. To me. The Dallas defense did everything they could to keep that offense in the game. And if Dallas, I'm going to just say straight up like this, if Dallas had better quarterback play, they would have won that game. All Dallas needed was for Dak Prescott to be better than Brock Purdy, and he wasn't. And that's the reason why they lost the game. Defense held you in there. Defense held the, the San Francisco 49ers, who had been putting up a lot of points lately, to 19 points. They held them to under 20. In that case, that's that's on offense. That's on the offense to me. Defense did their job, and um, Dak just couldn't get it done. So I'm looking at Dak. Obviously, Tony Pollard getting hurt didn't help at all, like you said, and, and the offense just couldn't get it going. And, again, like we said about the Bills, I, you know, maybe it exposed the lack of weapons because um, CD, was, CD was CD, and he, he can only do so much, but, you know, who's the second receiver? Who's – Who's the Robin to the Batman up there? So uh, Dallas has some things to figure out. But we out of a good slate of uh, championship games uh, coming up on Sunday. It's going to be Eagles 49ers and then obviously Chiefs and uh, Bengals. And we will preview those games next time we talk to you all. But that is going to do it for this edition of Peace Tree. Football. So make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peace Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on the Odyssey app. We are wherever you get your podcast. Bo Morgan, always great stuff, my friend. And uh, until we talk again, peace. H-E-L. 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 H